Hello, this is Paul Cross and welcome to the Dispatch Podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Todd Stevenson. Hello, Todd. Hi, Paul. Great to be here. We are recording this in Queenstown in New Zealand, where Todd, who is known to many people for his long experience in the pharmaceutical industry, is a candidate for ACT in the upcoming New Zealand election, which takes place on the 14th of October. And I was very lucky, fortunate to spend yesterday on the campaign trail with Todd, some ACT supporters, activists, I suppose you would call them, a couple of other candidates, and the leader, David Seymour, was a very impressive political leader. And that was just a fantastic day, Todd. So thank you so much for uh, inviting me to do that. Well, thank you for coming over, Paul. It was a great day, a pretty long day for you. I think (laughs) we probably did about 18 hours in total. It was a long day, but yeah, it was was a great day, I've got to say. It was great having you along. really fun day, and it just got better and better as I sort of, I worked out the cadence of the day. Uh, Yeah, and I think you probably felt a bit of what I've been feeling over the last six weeks is I actually got excited about the campaign again. I mean, it's been a long time since I've actually been in a political campaign, and I forgot how much I actually really enjoy it. It is actually quite fun actually getting out there, talking to people, hearing about their issues and and their concerns and what we can possibly do for them. And the great thing was I could see that you're enjoying it. Oh, great. Particularly when you're meeting and greeting people at the public meeting, I could see that you're really, really enjoying that that grassroots interaction with people, and I thought David was very good at the public meeting. But we will get to that because you are known to many in the audience, but not to everyone. So I want to introduce you. So we met in the industry. So tell us a little bit about your background, how you got to the industry in Australia, and then your return to New Zealand as a candidate. I spent 17 years in the, in the industry in Australia. And before that, I was in New Zealand in public affairs. Actually, part of my role in public affairs was actually working for ACT. And way, way before that, I was a lawyer. Turned up in Australia 17 years ago. I was in a consultancy in, in Melbourne. Uh, and that consultancy actually happened to have quite a few pharmaceutical clients. How so I really found out about the industry and got to do some great projects. And then Roche was one of our clients. And then I moved in-house with Roche. And thanks to Libby Day, she was a great first boss and was keen to get me in-house. And then Janssen for nine years. And then most recently at Vertex. Australia was great for my career and meet lots of great people like yourself, Paul, but got lots of other great friends and colleagues across the industry. So let's talk about your return to New Zealand to be a candidate for ACT. I joined ACT way back in 1995 before the first MMP election. MMP is the kind of voting system we now have in New Zealand, which stands for mixed member proportional. And so I stayed in touch with ACT, which is a classical liberal party, we like Mm. to call it. It's probably one of the few classical liberal parties in the world. And it's been in parliament since 1996. And obviously they've had MPs over that time, 10 MPs at the last election. So that was its best result so far. And they were looking for people to contest this election. I'd known David Seymour for a few years. We had a few conversations and he convinced me that I should come back, leave the corporate sector behind and kind of come back and see if I could help out actually turning New Zealand around, which is really why I'm here. ACT is doing really well in the polls, but it is a it is a really complex system. You are number four on the ACT party list. Yes. Maybe explain the difference How between the election yeah, absolutely. And, the, and the party list. So the New Zealand Parliament has 120 MPs. We only have one house, so there's no upper house. It's just one house of representatives. Half of those MPs are chosen from electorates. So just like in Australia, constituent MPs or electorate MPs, that's 60 of them. 
And then 60 MPs are chosen via the party vote. So on election day, I'll be going in and other New Zealanders will be going in and you have one vote, you tick for the party you want to vote for, and then one vote you tick for the person or the electorate candidate you want to vote for. And the number of party votes a party gets determines the percentage of MPs they actually get in the entire house of 120. For the elections, over two weeks ago, each party has to submit to the Electoral Commission a ranked list of candidates. And so ranked one to whatever, one to 50 probably in the case of ACT, and I'm number four on that ranked Mm. list. So as number four, what vote, party vote, threshold is there for that ranking to become? Get into Parliament, you need to get 5% of the party vote or hold an electorate seat. Mm. ACT already holds an electorate seat, so that's David Seymour's seat in Epsom. Uh, And then we've been polling, as you said, we're polling around 12 13%. Certainly double digits, so I would get in. As long as polling. that holds up. I know Todd won't say it, but I will. I, I think there's a very strong chance to make it into the parliament after the election, which is a very, a very exciting change of life, I suppose, for you. Yeah, it is a total change. Alex and I have been back six weeks. As I said, we basically went straight into campaigning out almost every day, meeting people. ACT likes to actually do a lot of kind of grassroots meetings, which you saw yesterday. We have campaign buses. Again, we've had those for many, many years. We actually have our own bus we own, which Paul got to go on yesterday. We're travelling around the entire South Island of New Zealand. We've got another one in the North Island. And then people like myself and other candidates are jumping on and off that. MPs are joining us. And yeah, we're actually going out to do lots of town hall type meetings. Yeah. It was a fantastic day yesterday, so I was lucky enough to join Todd and the team, including the leader, David Seymour. There was uh, lots of meetings with businesses and organisations in Wanaka. Yes. And then there was a public meeting. There were quite a lot of people there. It was a very good conversation. I think David asked, I answered questions for about an hour, an hour and a half, so it was a, yeah. a long day for him, but it was a fantastic conversation. And so people in Australia understand that the range of issues put to him, because there's no there's no state or provincial governments in New Zealand, it means that the Yeah, it was the interesting having there. that talk with you yesterday. Yeah, obviously we just have, yeah, we don't have state government. We've just got a central government here in New Zealand responsible for lots of things. I mean, we do have councils and mm. there was a few council issues that came yeah. up yesterday, particularly yeah. around building and speed of building. Yes, you have to be across a whole breadth of issues. You know, and David is a really impressive guy. You can mm. probably, yes. Paul, understand why having a conversation with him, his vision, what he's actually trying to achieve for New Zealand and really smart guy, why I'd want to work with him, right? He's, yeah, he's great. But yeah, you have to know a, a lot of stuff. And so that's been really interesting getting back and can get asked any number of questions at one of those meetings that I have And, and a lot of recognition for him too, wasn't there? There's people stopping him in the street and went to dinner last night. There were people. Yeah, uh, I mean, he couldn't make, get through the room. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's very well known now. Yeah. You know, he's been in parliament nine years and people respect his opinion. People say, we don't always agree with him, but he actually talks the truth and he talks sense. Mm-hmm. And we understand what he's what he's saying. And he's done a great job. We've got 10 ACT MPs at the moment. We're obviously trying to go for 15 to 20 mm-hmm. after the election. So he has built a team. And, you know, the list candidates we're putting forward for the parliament are actually from very diverse backgrounds. We've got people like with corporate experience like myself, but then we've got small business owners, farmers. Mm-hmm. Again, there was a few farming questions yesterday. Just people with life experience. And yeah. it's actually quite a diverse list, actually. So tell me about some of the issues that you've been talking about on the on the campaign. I know you've done a couple of interviews, uh, including about health and Farm Act. But yes. What are, let, talk me through some of those that, that you're focused on. Yeah, I mean, ACT is campaigning on three issues, core mm. issues of selection. We call them the three Cs, cost of living. So just like in Australia, 
probably could even be worse. The cost of living in in New Zealand has got really, really expensive. And you know, you were talking, you saw the petrol price yesterday. It's over yeah. three dollars. Yes, could be three dollars ten. That's just one example. Yeah. Obviously, the supermarket rents, mortgages. So that's been a big issue, and that's all fueled by inflation. And ACT says the primary cause of that is amount of spending this government has done. And so it's up. Government spending since 2017, when Labour first came to power here, is up 30% in real terms. So we're spending 30% more. That's adjusted for inflation per person in New Zealand. And New Zealanders aren't seeing any better health care for that. The roads aren't better. Crime is actually up. That's one of the big areas we're saying your cost of living, and we can deal with that by cutting government waste, actually getting the bureaucracy and the departments focused on outcomes and outputs rather than just spending money without any outcomes. So that's kind of one thing. Crime, again, not so much an issue here in Queenstown where we are today, but we are starting to see increase of crime even in the South Island. You're getting ram raids. On average, two ram raids a day in New Zealand. Pretty serious. A lot of youth, you know, serious youth offending is up. People are feeling a bit unsafe here. Talking about it in the context of yesterday, what's that doing to our international reputation? You know, how is New Zealand being viewed overseas? Is that putting tourists or even workers wanting to come here off? So, again, we really want to put in some policies to address some of the issues in crime. And again, Labor had a crazy policy for actually a target to reduce the prison population mm. in New Zealand and crazy things like that that we want to try and reverse. And then finally, we want to have a kind of honest conversation about what the Treaty of Waitangi means in modern New Zealand. And again, you would have heard co-governance came yes. up quite a bit yesterday. And what that's been talking about, there's been a few examples recently. Three Waters, which was a big proposal to deal with drinking water, stormwater and sewerage. But as part of that, they proposed co-governance arrangements where you would have elected officials by the or people, the ratepayers of a, of a town. But then local Maori or iwi could just appoint people to the board. So we're saying, well, hang on, we believe in kind of, you know, one person, one right, universal human rights. And we're saying, well, actually, you shouldn't just appoint people. You have to actually be part of people that are elected to these functions like water. So we're really fighting for that. And then there's other things like the Maori Health Authority, where again, we're, saying, we're seeing ethnicity be the driver rather than need. So again, we want to get public services back to being based on need. And then say, actually celebrate what the treaty was. And again, you got to hear David actually explain what ACT thinks, you know, it was a great document bringing two peoples together. It shouldn't be used to divide them, but rather to say, actually, this is a foundation of New Zealand. But what it actually says is the Crown has the right to govern, going to give everyone property rights, and then everyone has the same rights and duties. Uh, so use it to actually bring people together. So that's a discussion we want to have, open and honest discussion and bring Kiwis along. I thought he was very compelling actually when he was talking about those issues but more broadly in his ability to disagree with the question I thought he was very effective because he wasn't disrespectful in any way he would just say no actually I don't see it that way I'm a classic liberal and so this is what I see in that and people were respectful in return yeah I mean I think the great thing about MMP is we do have obviously parties like ACT like mm. we're not trying to be a majority party we can come from issues and perspectives from a certain point of view, right? And obviously mm. we've got other parties on the other, maybe in other parts of the spectrum, like the Greens. So yeah, you can actually say, well, this is what we believe. This is how we would deal with the situation and not, you're not pandering to people, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was, a, it was a really interesting day, but you've got two weeks of this to go. The election is in 14 days. 
What's it look like for you for the next 14 days? Is it more of yesterday or what other Yeah, more of the same. Yeah, tomorrow <laughs> I'm off to Tiana where my dad and his wife live. I'm doing a small town hall meeting. That's just me there tomorrow. We're taking the ACT bus though, which is exciting. The ACT bus is very impressive. <laughs> yeah. It was it's absolutely fantastic. It's like a working office, isn't it, it was, on wheels? It was quite incredible. Yeah. The team were really nice and, too. And people might not be aware, but our colours are very bright, aren't yes. they, Paul? Magenta. I'm not allowed to call it pink, but it's, it's magenta. <laughs> you couldn't miss it. That's Yellows cool. and blues, which is great. And then I'm actually going to, I've got another uh, meeting in Alexandra, which is kind of north of here of Queenstown on Tuesday. And then I'm going up to Auckland actually to participate in a medicines access debate. So again, I, I've actually been, you know, traveling around, obviously Southland, which is a massive electorate, but I've also been uh, up to Auckland a few times to cover other engagements for some of the other MPs. It does seem, I mean, this is, a, I've been observing the election campaign from Australia and being here, you get a sense of it. It does seem a very sort of vibrant political environment in that the policy debate seems quite, you know, there's a lot of rigour to it. There's a battle for ideas, I think. Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, certainly we're seeing that. I mean, ACT is a policy-driven party, so yeah. particularly if you're hanging out with us, I mean, we release policy every other day, so every second day, and quite often, obviously, this is a press release, but then there'll be like a, in one case, you know, 12 or 13-page policy document you can go and read. So, We're trying to put through quite comprehensive ideas. But, yeah, I do think there's quite a lot of, even the other parties are putting out lots of ideas. I mean, lots of them I disagree with, wealth taxes and things like that. But people are, yeah, they are putting out what their positions are and where they stand. When I was uh, coming over here and I I was telling people we were going to do this, a couple of people said, well, can can I submit questions for Todd? And I said, absolutely. So we've got a couple. Yes. So let's go into those. The first one is that there appears to have been a tidal change in the health policy discussion in New Zealand with medicines at the forefront. There's a lot of debate around these issues in the campaign. So what do you believe has triggered that? And is the change real? I do think the change is real. I think what's triggered it is actually both industry and the patient community over a number of years here pointing out the deficiencies of Pharmac. I mean, it's a system that hasn't been changed fundamentally for decades, slipped well behind. And now people are realising that. Obviously, we had the Pharmac review a few years ago, which was pretty tough on that organisation, pretty scathing, right? And nothing's really been done. And so the pressure's been kept up. And yeah, I think you've got, I think almost every political party has got a Mm. medicines policy and has talked about medicines, which is fantastic for actually, you know, bringing the issue to the forefront. Um, our problem is, and this is Axe's position, is there's actually no money now to pay for new medicines. So pre-election fiscal economic update, week and a bit ago, uh, and actually the increase for Pharmac was unfunded from next year, for example. So Act isn't actually promised any more money for, for Pharmac. I've got to be clear about that. But it's not because we don't believe in medicines. And gosh, you know, I'm a great advocate for <laughs> medicines in the industry. But we're just saying, hang on, everyone cupboard is bare and there's a lot of decisions we're going to need to make if we're lucky enough to be in government. We'll definitely be looking at at medicines, but we don't want to make promises, unrealistic promises for spending. Do you think, we had this discussion yesterday, so it's somewhat of a replay of that. Do you think if Pharmac had all the money in the world, they would actually change? Is the problem the lack of funding or is it a cultural issue? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a culture and system issue with Pharmac, right? I think don't, and I've made this point very many times, they don't engage with their stakeholders properly early enough in a, in a rigorous and kind of methodical way, particularly the patient community. And then, then just not an open organisation, you know. If you contrast Pharmac with somewhere like NICE, head of NICE speaking in Adelaide earlier this year, 
her whole attitude is different, right? She's actually saying, look, here are some issues. We don't have all the answers. We'd like to invite stakeholders in to work with us on them. You know, and I've noticed this with NICE. Sometimes they don't get things right, but they're okay to admit it. They're like, okay, we might not quite have got this right, but they're trying. Mm. Whereas, you know, Pharmac's just been a closed shop, hasn't tried to evolve. So I do think, yeah, it's definitely culture and then underpinning that is its kind of processes and the way it operates. Almost every day there seems to be something about Pharmac coming out in this campaign. And Labor's announcement this week of a top-up seemed to be sort of a response. Well, I, I'm very cynical about Labor's yeah. billion dollars, right? It's over... It's a nice round number. Of yeah, it's over obviously a number of years. Part of it is just meeting the commitment. They hadn't put in the Ford Estimates, which I... Well, yeah, we'd call it the Ford Estimates in Australia, mm. which I think is just outrageous. And then there is some extra money, but not a lot. Let's focus on that because the second question, and you won't be surprised, is also about the focus on Pharmac with everyone promising every every or any level of change or a level of change. Do you think there are any lessons for that in Australia? Obviously, it's got to the point now where Pharmac is a significant political issue. Mm. So what are the lessons for people in Australia who are advocates for change? Well, I think it's been, uh, in New Zealand, it's obviously been, you know, really significant push by the patient community, people like uh, Malcolm Mulholland. Yes. You know, we've got the My Life Matters campaign, which just kicked off a few weeks ago. They're actually hosting the debate I'll be at on Wednesday night. They've galvanised the patient community to keep kind of talking as one voice, which I think has been really important. Malcolm's actually on his own roadshow around New Zealand talking about these issues. Uh, I think the industry, to be fair, you know, Medicines New Zealand has also done a great job at actually building some of the evidence base. And, you know, mm, we've seen yes. a number of reports come out yeah. this year. I think, though, Australia's in a bit of a different position because it isn't as acute. I mean, there's issues in Australia, so don't mm. get me wrong, but the... If you look at the number of medicines you can't access in New Zealand versus Australia, it's dramatic, right? Yes. So I think be realistic about whether you could get medicines access up as a big issue like it is here in the in an election in Australia. Yeah, maybe. I'm not mm. saying no, but I'm just saying think about that. And I think also the system has evolved a bit in Australia. Not obviously not as much as some in the industry, including myself, would have liked, but it hasn't exactly been stagnant has it Paul but no I think it's I think it is more responsive yeah undoubtedly and in New Zealand patients here are starting from a long way behind unfortunately mm. there seems to be change on the horizon uh, yes judging by the political debate in Australia I think the debate's more at the margins yes I mean we've also had some great examples and, and, and this is a, not in a good way but people having to leave New Zealand and go to Australia to get yeah. treatment and a lot of those stories have got up yeah. including um Fiona yes yeah yeah Ultimately, if that's not addressed, that will probably become an issue for the bilateral relationship. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. As yeah. issues like that were 20 years ago. But all the best for the next couple of weeks. It's It was just a fantastic day yesterday. I had to fly overnight from Melbourne. I know. You so I had that much sleep. And I thought I was going to sort of pass out. But it was just such an energising day. And it was just fun to be. I haven't been on a sort of a campaign like that for, for a long time now. So it was great. And the response that you, you were getting was fantastic. And you're obviously very enthusiastic in the ACT team. Yeah. I mean, to be people here in New Zealand are ready for a change. Yeah. I mean, overwhelmingly, people think the country's heading in the wrong direction. I hope they're going to head in our direction. And, you know, after the 14th, we can have a really strong National Act government. That's yeah. our ideal outcome with ACT sitting around the, the cabinet table. But as David would say, we're not in it just to be ministers in the baubles of office. Being a minister just gives you the opportunity to do good. Yeah. That's all it is. It's like you get a cool title, but that's actually not the point of it. It's the opportunity to do good, and we'll be looking to try and get our policies uh, across the line. Great of you to travel so far, Paul, <laughs> and 
I want to say to all your listeners, you know, I really appreciate when I do hear from people in Australia and the support I've been getting. So, and yeah. I think there might be a few people coming over for election day. Yes, to give you some support. But I, I did have to recount one conversation because I thought a couple of things that David said during the public hearing. I kind of went up to him afterwards. I said, "Do you like handing over the committees to the opposition? Yeah. If 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 Acton are fortunate enough to be part of a new government?" And I kind of said. Are you serious about that? Because that seems mm. so, very yes. courageous. So what? <laughs> yes, and he said absolutely. Yeah. But then he explained two minutes why, exactly as you described, there's not much point going in government if you're not serious about it. Absolutely, yeah. We want to deliver, and that's why our slogan is real change. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. Well, thank you, Todd. Good luck for the next couple of weeks. Good luck for the, for the, for the campaign, but also for the election day and the result. It's looking pretty good at the moment, and I certainly look forward to reconnecting after election day and then you can tell us what next yeah absolutely (laughs) no and thanks for coming thanks todd